Hey, Relay fans, we are here. It is Laura Thweet, Peter Bromka, and me, Matt Chittam. Today, we are really excited. We're going to talk a little bit about we have a time for the Olympic marathon trials. Prepare Wait, to be. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't heard this yet. Prepare to be <laughs> whelmed, Laura. Not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed, just whelmed. We also, BAA Half was this weekend. We're also going to talk about the New York City Marathon, specifically the women's race. But before that, this feels like church because Peter wants to start the proceedings with a reading. So, Peter, what are we going to be reading? Uh, well, I read a statement this morning that really took my breath away. Um, it involved many large words and l much... Many drafts were probably considered. One paragraph I'm, in particular I wanted to pull out from the USATF statement about the change in start time, which started with the USOPC, USATF, and Go Sports worked closely together to consult all stakeholders to ensure the best solution for all involved after extensive scenario planning. In this, I just want to caveat in this moment, I'm imagining like lots of uh, yarn and all sorts of, you know, mobiles. Uh, okay and multiple conversations with partners, a collective decision to bring the start time forward was made. The earlier start time will help provide an improved experience for athletes, spectators, and event staff, ensuring the comfort and safety for all involved. I want to come back to that line for a second. Um, additionally, robust contingency plans will be in place for further adjustments should projected weather conditions make it necessary. At the end of that, you would think, Oh, wow. Have they like built a biodome in which uh, this amazing event will <laughs> occur? Or maybe they've moved it six months or maybe, oh, they've moved it two hours earlier. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just like, you know, the, you know, like this meeting could have been an email. This press statement could have been a sentence like, hey, we heard you moved it up to 10. I hope you're all in. I hope you're all pleased. And you're like, we're not, but okay, here we are. I mean, that's the most <laughs> thorough statement and the most transparency we've had since they announced the noon start time. They just like dropped the noon start time, like what, two or three months ago and then like nothing. Um, so that was a lot of words. Those are the most words we've had <laughs> since. All oh, yeah, we'll take all the words we can get. And they're like, oh, you want words? We got words for you. Yeah. I, w I also wonder like if, track shack slash some of the stakeholders on the orlando side if like they like if their nda associated with these are like to the point where like there's really nothing they can say and and usatf mm. knows that which is why like their statement like two weeks ago which was hilarious like we said 8 a.m was fine like we're not gonna we can't say anything more than that yeah <laughs> we no. did say 8 a.m was fine in the initial, in the I mean, initial agreement or whatever, initial um, uh, negotiations, which was funny because you're like the, the reason. That, I'm sure they were just were so sick of being crapped on everywhere. Everywhere, but, I, I will say, I want to. We, we've been doing, we've been talking about this race since the start of relay, which was like 14 months ago, and so I want to <laughs> give a throw up, throwback and a shout out to the organizers. Uh, I mean, we've had whole hours. A year ago, we were discussed like that maybe no one would bid on this event and like maybe it just wouldn't even occur. So like there were some dire scenarios discussed. Uh, the fact that it's going to happen, I think, uh, despite all the controversy around start time is everyone's it's exciting that it's going to happen. Um, and I don't want to I like making I feel like uh, 
it's punching up to punch at USHEF. I don't want to be making fun of a race organizer that, you know, and very well could lose money in putting on this big event. So, I mean, I'm happy that they're doing it, but wow. Um, Laura, does it change anything? 10 a.m. compared to noon? I didn't care. I never cared. Uh, It just wasn't like an issue for me because we all have to prepare for it. We all have to possibly change race tactics and strategy. We all have to be in it and race in it. So like, I, it just, it's just something that like, I felt like it wasn't necessarily worth stressing because it's out of my control, uh, to a certain extent. Um, so I was like, you know, in a perfect world, had they personally asked me what time I would like to start the marathon trials, I would not have said noon, but if that was the time, that was the time. Like I just... I just didn't want to get stressed and like caught up in that. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate the work that the athletes have done to demand transparency, to make sure that all of our voices are being heard and to fight for like the athletes rights. And for those of us who are racing and who that time really does affect, like, it's not to say I'm not grateful for that, but I never cared. So two hours. Okay. It's two hours earlier. Like I just, I'm ready for it to be like, I'm ready for that to be done. And like, let's move forward. Let's start talking about the athletes who are racing. Let's start hyping the event. I'm grateful that Orlando's hosting it. I'm grateful that we have an Olympic trials. Um, Cause there was talk that no one wanted it because of the brokenness of the system and like the burden that that is for the organizing committees that host events like this. Um, so, I mean, to, all of that to say, I'm, I was just grateful we were having Olympic trials. The start time didn't matter to me. Um, it doesn't matter to me now. Like, that's great. We got two hours. Like, it's great that they listened. Uh, but yeah, I'm just like ready to move past the start time. Like, it just, I'm just like laughing at it. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> does it, does it make you feel better that they have ensured your comfort and safety for all involved? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, thank you. (laughs) Honestly, you know what? I feel like, like that aside, obviously that's an important piece of all of this is like creating a safe, as safe an environment as you can for athletes who are going to be out there racing 26 miles. But I think the biggest thing is just like the lack of transparency and like USATF's like miss in all of this. Like they're a governing body of our sport and they're supposed to be for the athletes. And they're not, I just never, I don't feel like they're for the athletes at all. I don't feel like there's really any support. It's all about, you know, the bottom line and like money going into certain people's pockets. So I think that was the problem for me. It was never really the start time. It was just the way that they chose to go about everything. And the fact that people didn't To whom could Laura be referring? Hmm, To whom? But but they're just so, I mean, they're, someone's not doing their job because their communication is so poor that I was speaking to a woman recently who is qualified and i had heard from someone else involved in the whole thing that there's some hotel room accommodations for qualifiers and this athlete was like really i haven't gotten any communication about getting a hotel room and i'm like oh i heard from this other guy and she's like well i mean that would be material to my decisions for a trip in 80 days like okay and so that's like a thing that could be a big win but if you just don't communicate anything listen peter the first first things have to come first right first things come first (laughs) like max's contract that comes first get that back once we get that (laughs) line then we can start the domino effect of the other decisions that have to be figured out 
we there was a text thread between my friends when Max Siegel got his new contract, and one of my friends who I just he always just like cracks me up in a way unexpected because in the statement it was like his his contract had been verified by an independent. Uh, executive compensation consultant and my buddy's like shout out to executive compensation <laughs> consultants <laughs> he's like he's like what what really so I, that, I would like, love through... to know the research that was done on non-profit 990s and i've read no short of a thousand of them as someone who used to oh, work yeah. at a nonprofit, um where the ceo in 2021, so two years prior, again, 990s don't get released the minute they're oh, issued. We usually there's a two-year lag when you're reading them. But in the last 990, Max Siegel made, wait for it, 11% of total revenue. Like, yes. put that in perspective, that, that would have been like Roger Goodell making $1.7 billion a year to run the NFL. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... I mean, you know that there's some like track athlete scraping by who ran at the track championships and is like, hey, how much did you pay that executive consultant? Um, could I get could I get a little of that? Could I, uh, that person I'm makes more jumper. than like 90% of pro athletes in the field, like the, the executive like... consultant. <laughs> there well, we are. Like, um, honestly, like, re- uh, I just recently heard this through the grapevine. So again, I mean, I don't know like how much weight you want to put behind it, but a friend of mine who's an athlete here in Boulder said that she heard from someone who works for USATF that they're now considering getting rid of all like, a lot of the major like road racing championships. So they would just keep the mile 5k and half and like get rid of everything else. And supposedly they're voting on that on Monday, but like athletes have no idea, like no idea that this is happening. And like that affects like that, uh, that affects professional athletes livelihoods. Like, the yeah. championship like circuit on the roads is how so many people like get into the scene and get opportunities and make money. And now supposedly they're sitting on this and thinking about getting rid of like 50% of those championships. But like, I had no idea. Like most people don't even know that that's being considered. So they're basically like, just uh, begging you guys to create a union. They're basically like, what can we do to make these athletes create a union? I know we'll do these 10 things in a row and they'll have no choice, but to do it. <laughs> But it's just ridiculous. We can do all the, 10 of those. Yeah, we're going to do all 10. It's body for athletes. And I'm like, is it? Like, I don't yeah. feel represented. Like, I don't think most people do at this point. And it's just, it's such a broken system that it's like, I mean, the whole thing needs to get completely broken down and rebuilt. But, you know, no one wants to do that. So I don't know. It's just, that's what's frustrating to me. Laura, again, let me explain female running to you. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. Um, no, no, you, I think things we need, a, we need a sport change, right? Like the women's soccer league just signed a huge TV contract last week, right? It's just, yeah. you know, just time to switch sports, you know, take that speed to the pitch and you'll be good to go. Yeah. Cause I'm really good with, yeah, I'm a great, I'm skilled. I've seen you do the jumps. You're ready. Yeah. You're ready to, to get, you're ready to jump in the air on the corner kicks. Yeah. You're ready. <laughs> Oh yeah, hops. hops. I can do cone drills. I can hop. Like I don't know what else you need. So I feel versatility. Like maybe transition out. <laughs> um. Wait. Can. <laughs> so, what were your thoughts? This is a hard pivot to one of our topics of when coming across the Verrazano Bridge. There was like a dozen Hold women. On, can I just say one more thing before we move on? Okay. We're not. I want to say. 
<laughs> Laura, as someone who's going to be running in Orlando, if I and other members of the relay team set up a post-race interview zone near the finish line where we all dress like Florida Stanley from the office, we all get the hats, the Hawaiian <laughs> shirts, get some beach chairs in honor of how hot it's going to be. If we all just set up like that and have like a little, like we get some sand, have our feet in the sand. If we just set up a post-race interview zone like that and completely spoof on it. Is that, would that be positive or would that be viewed as like just a, like a, you know, a bridge too far to be a segue to Peter's next talking point? No, I mean, as long as you have a pina colada waiting for me, uh, yeah. I'm down. <laughs> I just love the idea that like we would be on a couch that we've set up and we're in a, we have a pina colada and we're like, you look a little parched there, Laura. What you been up to? <laughs> Ooh, you ran a marathon in Orlando. That's ill-advised. Um, this, can we this pina colada is part of USATF's robust secondary option to keep you cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, here. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm here for it. I'm um, here for it at this point. I mean, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. All right, I, Peter, uh, what were you going to say? You're talking about some sort oh, of bridge. Man. <sighs> yeah, well, a bridge I was... to the bridge. A bridge to the bridge, <laughs> yeah. Using bridges as a metaphor is <laughs> super novel. Um, <laughs> thinking about it like that. I was curious, uh, your reaction when you saw the camera pan to the elite women's field coming across Verrazano Narrows Bridge to start the New York City Marathon, because starting ahead of the rest of the field, that's a tradition for the pro women. I feel like, am I incorrect in thinking usually there's more women involved? I don't know what, I mean, it, what that changes, but uh, it looked just like a, I know Des and Kara touched on this in their recap episode. It looked like about a dozen women heading out together, which just seemed really intense. I just was like, wow, that'd be really intense. Yeah, I mean, I think there were only 14 okay. pro women. So, I mean, that's a super tiny field. Um, and I think Kellen said it best in one of her pre-race interviews. She was saying, like, a great way to sum up the field was, like, small but mighty. Because mm -hmm. it was a tiny field, but, like, when you look at the top end of that talent, you're like, holy shit. Like, we got some big, big contenders all the way through. So it was a small, but like incredibly heavy and like deep field. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was just really fun to kind of watch that play out uh, the way that it did. Not exactly what I was expecting. I don't think most people were expecting that at all. Yeah. So how, tell, paint the scene for me. Like this is your, um, you know more about this than most. Like, do you sit down and like take it all in? Are you like streaming the whole thing? Or are you like, is it too much to watch? And you're like, I'll just check on the splits and see how it finishes up. No, I watched, uh, I didn't watch through the app. I was having issues with the New York Roadrunners app. It kept like, like just like not opening. So I was just watching the live coverage. Um, but we love TCS. And if you wanted to sponsor Relay, like we would totally be game for that. <laughs> it was just a technical difficulty. It could have been user error. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Not that I know what TCS is, but I know that um, I'm not against you guys. They're a technology <laughs> company, Peter. Try their app that doesn't work. <laughs> it eventually did work. I was trying yeah. to um, I just oh, had yeah. to re-download it. Not a problem. I can do that. Um, so I was just watching the live coverage on ESPN. Um, Although I will but, say about an app, one more comment. I was riding the subway with other people running around cheering on you know, family, friends, loved ones. And people were saying to each other, oh, no, the app, because there was this little runner tracking feature where the little dot moves along the course. And they're like, the dots are moving ahead of reality. 
the dots <laughs> are getting to the intersections before the runner. And I was like, man, if you're going to air either direction, just always air slower so that the fan is there. <laughs> because like the loved one's like, I just assumed he already went through. And I'm like, oh my Lord. Like if Tal, <sighs> okay, technology, here Wait, we are. Um, say, despite that, I appreciated the split screens. I appreciate yeah. the majority of the coverage. At least we got to see a lot of all four of the races. Um, and at one point they had a split screen for the women's field uh, when it kind of like separated slightly um, and you mm -hmm. had Wally out front and then they kind of went back to the pack. Um, so I'm here for that. I'm not going to complain about that. That was great. After Chicago, uh, I loved, loved to see it. So I actually felt like I got to see most of the race and didn't miss anything too epic. That's true. It was it was a great race and there was good coverage. Why, why am I being such a whiner today? This is great. Okay. Um. <laughs> I think the best part about what's happening right now is that for some reason, your feed from a video perspective is in slow motion. Oh, so no. you're taking the longest sip of water in history and you've started two paragraphs <laughs> while drinking this water. It's just like, is the, the, I have to just look at Laura. So I'm not looking at you because you have like the funniest facial expressions of all time. So a little inside baseball for how this is happening for me and Laura. Yeah. Oh dear. I am a about technology. <laughs> I am guilty of being a I'm a big tab guy. I should just warn you. My computer is like about to die right now because it's just so chagrined at how many tabs I have open. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> so so Laura, I think a common theme, and we touched on it on this podcast from a preview perspective, and that was actually like a super popular episode when it came out too. Um was there's no way this isn't going to be like a speed trap of some sort. Like th these people are going to go out so hard. There's so many women here who we could legitimately say have a realistic chance of winning the gold medal next year in the marathon. Like they're just going to push each other so hard. And yet that is not at all what happened. Now that was some of the opinions that were shared on this podcast. What were some of your opinions heading into the race and how or when did they change during the course of the race? Yeah, I mean, looking at that field and just like typically how New York seems to play out um, and just how like women's racing in general seems to play out is it tends to be more aggressive. And when you have heavy hitters like that, uh, I thought I thought that it would be pretty relaxed, possibly through like getting up and over Queensboro Bridge and like coming on to first. I feel like in my experience, both years that I've done it around miles between 16 and 18, like some type of move is made. And like, that's when the race really starts to break open. So I figured they'd be pretty relaxed. Uh, like there is a possibility that they would be pretty relaxed through halfway and then kind of get going. Um, so my opinions, you know, they came through half in like 74 minutes. So I was like, Oh my God, like that's, that's pretty pedestrian for this group of women. Um, I think the slowest I've ever come through half in New York was like 72, 30. So like wow. it, it was pretty, it was pretty pedestrian at that point. So I was like, okay, like any, they're going to get up and over the bridge and like make that turn on the first. And then I think it's going to like, someone's going to go. Um, and then when that didn't happen, I was like, okay, sit and kick. We're going to have a sit and kick here for sure. Like they're just going to bide their time and it is really going to come down to like the last 510k is like when we're going to see the race. Um, cause I think at like one point at like 16 or 17, they were running like six minute miles and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, yeah. it's insane. And like, you could, 
I feel like that would be such a hard race in certain ways to be in because like I'm watching Kellen and Molly and it's like, you can see that they know what is happening. And it's like, they're trying to kind of push that, like they're trying to kind of like be at the front and kind of just like feel out like any type of response or if, you know, if, if it's going to like speed up a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, do you go? And then you're just kind of like, you know, that chasing point out in front or do you kind of just like go along with what's happening in the race and then hope in the last 10K you also have that gear shift that you know is coming? Like you're having to make all those decisions within the race. And so, um, yeah, it was really interesting. But man, what a great last like five miles that was. That was so epic. Um, I definitely felt like I I was Team O'Beary. I thought Helen definitely, I thought she was going to be a hard one to beat just with like her strengths. Um, and just like the way that she races and like her just like ability to like dig into that like darkness. Um, I thought that she'd be a hard one to beat, but again, like G'day looked so relaxed. I mean, they all did cause they were like jogging for most of it. Um, but I don't, I mean, it was just, and then like Locati fell off and then she got back on and like, oh man, it was, it was a great race. It played out. It was a fun race to watch like those last few miles, but it was a weird race to watch. And again, I felt like it was so different from how women's like all women's races typically play out but I think that's why I love not only as an athlete but as a fan I love Boston I love New York I love like the all women like like I love just like the racing when you don't have the pacemakers you're not really shooting for a time that's not why these athletes are there I mean Helen won in 227 like 30 (laughs) like I mean it's all about the racing and about the tactics and just that is so fun and so again I think that's like the cool thing with New York is you never know how it's going to play out and what kind of race you're going to get. And I mean, we saw that on the men's side too, like the complete opposite um, from what it normally is. So I don't know. I thought it was a really great race um, and it was really fun to watch. Yeah. Like if you had put out a poll ahead of time, like, all right, what's the more likely women's winner finishing time? 227.30 or 217.30? I think you probably get like a 70 30 split voting for 217 30, considering what we've seen so far this year. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I I would say, like everybody, I was like trying to like read cues in the last like, you know, 5K to see like who is actually the strongest. I have no idea what I'm looking at, but I'm like trying to guess, right? Like everybody else. And I kept thinking that Gade's like finicky. Like, like kind of finicking with like the, her attire, yes. like her necklace, tucking in her shirt all the time. Yeah, like constantly tucking oh. her shirt. I'm like, oh, this is a sign that she's really like not that stressed right oh. now. Because like, I'm yeah. like, when I'm stressed, like the last thing I want to do is extraneous movements, right? So I'm like, oh, like, this is like what I would do if I was just chilling, right? Like, but it obviously wasn't the case because she like was tucking in her shirt with like 200 meters to go. It's like, oh, like, this is just what she does. Yeah, I was like, stop. Like, you're with so much unnecessary energy. You know, like, what are you doing? Like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> I have a thinking about with like 400 meters is like what is happening on my body. Like, could care less. Like, my jersey could be gone at that point and I wouldn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's like, it's, I mean, she's a new marathoner. Um, there's a lot that goes on in the marathon. I mean, you just inherently, you know, you're just sweatier and saltier and like your body goes through a lot. So I think it's, a, um, yeah, it's a learning process of like how, 
I, I always think it's interesting how when we talk to regular people, like how New York go and they just like talk about bodily function like the whole time. Like I was choking down gels and then my stomach turned and I thought I might puke or had to go to the bathroom. And then you think about the pros and they were like, only think of it in terms of performance and like how close to their max heart rate were they in that? And you're like, maybe they were going to poop themselves. Like, you know, like it's just, there could be waves of nausea that like don't get talked about in the same way. So I'm like, this is. 2021, uh, I came across the finish line and Kellen was projectile vomiting like <laughs> on the side. And I finished and I had gel, like a gel, like on my face. And then it had also dripped down my jersey and I had chafed horribly and I was like bleeding. And it was like, it was like this whole thing. And we were just like, why do we hate ourselves? Like, what is happening? Like, just like a finish line of carnage. So New York. (laughs) It's rough. It's really rough. And so, yeah, like that could be part of it. Um, I mean, I just remember when Shalane won, it was like this epic moment in sports history and Mary Katani, they're like, you know, what happened in the splits? And she was like, I forget what she said, but it was along the lines of like, I just had a bad day and I felt really <laughs> bad. You know, like, I don't know hey, if it was a stomach. Human. Like, yeah, I mean, again, that's why I love that kind of race, because it can be anyone's mm. day because of the course, because of how the race is set up, like because you're all out there just battling for places. Like, I think that is what makes it so fun from whether you're racing it or watching it um and again like this year was no exception so yeah i would love to get get into molly huddle's head like during the race and maybe she'll like maybe she'll speak to about this like after the fact maybe she even has already but like you know just from like a truth serum perspective to be like her with like six miles to go four miles to go three miles to go her being like i'm running exactly the time i expected i just didn't expect to be next to these people when i was doing it (laughs) Well, that's what she said. Like I read like a little bit of her, like one of her like post-race recaps. And she was saying that like she ran her race and she didn't think that she was going to have company for like 21 miles. Like she thought uh, she was gonna the Sydney DeVore New York City Marathon experience. <laughs> yeah. So she <laughs> was, those? she was like, so like, yeah, it was, I mean, crazy. Do you want to explain for those listening at home now? Yeah, I think, I think Cindy to. like fell off like the main group at like mile five and like essentially ran mm. the last 20, literally ran the last 21 miles by herself on like the, in, in the world's most populated marathon of over 50,000 people. Like she yeah, was alone for 21 consecutive miles. Dude, that's the thing. Like the all women starts in major marathons, like they can be brutal because if that yeah. happens and like there, especially this year with 14 women, there was a good chance that like it was going to happen and it could have happened for a lot more people way earlier. But like you can sometimes show up and run 20 wanna, marathon completely alone. Like <laughs> I sometimes feel like a little uh, like conflicted. I'm just going to show on camera my Bromka bib from Boston that I'm super proud of and have framed. But at the same time, like the most isolated, brutal, like Only. Boston marathon ever to run where the fans are like, here you, here you, here you go. Don't stick with it. And you're like, what is going on? I'm in like a historic race and I'm just all alone. And like, you find yourself just snapping out of it. I I mean, I'm sure you've talked to us about how Boston was in the spring. Like, I just would find myself like looking at like a family and like seeing like the dad kind of annoyed with his little daughter. And then like, she's running away and he's like, get right back here. And like, you're just like, I am not in an intense racing zone right now. Like, (laughs) It's so hard to like essentially time trial alone. And so I think like, 
I'd always tell myself that like when I was kind of doing more training by myself, like I think for like marathons, especially like that's not always a bad thing because you have to prepare for any scenario and like a lot, like, you know, you never know when you're going to find yourself grinding alone, whether it's at mile six or 13 or 18 or whatever. Like, I think you have to prepare for that and like train yourself to be able to like go into that mental, the mental headspace that you have to be in to stay engaged and push yourself. Cause that is so hard to do. Um, especially on a course like New York, when you're alone, you're like, Oh God, <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to, so I'm going to paint the other picture. Yeah. Like I have all these friends gearing up for CIM and I essentially, it's a little late in the game to ask them if they've done things. Cause then there's no time to practice them. But I'm like, yeah, if you go out with say the OTQ pack, like how much have you practiced grinding on your own? Because that's a totally legitimate skill. I mean, some of my, the running I'm most proud of, I did after I got dropped off of packs and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to not throw in the towel and like, see how far I can get with this. But it's, it's a brutal thing to like head out on a Saturday morning and be like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to launch into not only solo running, but like solo grinding, you know, like really push the pace. Yeah, like That's so hard to like, to be able to push yourself and then stay engaged when it's just you. Like, I think that's something that is so important to practice, but of course none of us want to do that because it's so much easier when you're in a big group and you can turn your brain off and you're like, Oh, it's all fine. But man, when you get alone, you got to be able to have that skill set and have that place that you can go to, to like, just again, follow follow me down this rabbit hole for one second. I was realizing I have spoken on this podcast about my aversion to sort of the tough guy mindset. Like I'm just increasingly not here for, I am personally don't associate with the, like, I've talked about David Goggins. I've talked about Jocko Milchicks. I've talked about these guys who are just like, you will bang your head against this wall and say, I am not good enough every morning. Like, and I'm like, okay, fine, fine, fine. That's not me. But then I realized like, I want to be, I'm sure there's other, it's like the, um, you know, Ted Lasso uh, camp on the other side of the spectrum. That's like, if you're going to go positive, you need to go like, you both need to practice it and go like intensely positive. I mean, it's all this, I'm sure it's been talked about in terms of mantras, but like, yeah, you got to have that headspace you're going to go to. That's like, no, I am going to stay positive. Even when all signs are like, beep, 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 this is going, this is going to get really hard and it's going to get worse. So, I mean, I'm curious how you think about it, Laura, like, how do you, do you have like multiple mindsets you could click into, or are you like pre-stocking mental, uh, you know, planning for a positive scenario. Yeah. Can you, can you say positive lore when the check engine lights blinking? <laughs> so, um, that's a great segue because that happened to me this weekend. <laughs> the oh, oh, good. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for catching that pass. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right. You lost I almost the fumbled the ball. I'm going to hit it out of the park. Um, yeah, that actually I had to practice that this weekend. Cause again, I feel like, we were just saying there's obviously things you can do in training to kind of replicate various racing scenarios, but you can't really go there in training. You need a race to really like remember how to turn that mindset back on and how to like, how to just remind yourself like the mantras or the words or however you need to play it out to just like stay engaged in the race when like the plan is falling apart or you're, you know, so I, I felt like I, I raced a really good seven and a half miles and I felt 
really aggressive and I felt like I was in the mix and I was like, I'm back. Um, and then a move was made at like just past 10 K. Um, and I started to slide off and I was like, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You got it. Like it's a downhill, like you'll, you'll regain on the uphill. And then the uphill came and I was like not regaining. Uh, and then Lindsay caught me and I was like, okay, just go with Lindsay, just go with Lindsay. So I went with Lindsay for like, I don't know, maybe like 800 meters. Um, and then I started to kind of feel myself like panic a little bit because I was having to like dig and grind. And I was like, I'm only at mile eight. Like I still have so far, like, I don't want to be feeling like this. And so I kind of panicked and was like, oh, well, like it must just not be my day today because I'm not feeling good. So then for like between eight and nine, I had this like pity party for myself where I was like, like, I felt so good. Like I fell off the pack. Like it's just not my day again. Did you invite anyone to this party? (laughs) Well, I tried to invite people that were passing me, but they seemed to be in a very different space than me. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh no, like I'm not ready for the darkness. Like I wanted, like, this isn't, this isn't what was supposed to be happening. Like I was supposed to get in the back half of this race. It's super hilly. That's where I drive. And I'm like, like those 180 turns we talked about. Oh, Peter, God, I had your voice in my head every time. I like, know. First turnaround, I was like, it was so sharp and aggressive. And you're like, oh, and like, we're all like falling over each other because we were yeah. all like, a huge group still. And then the worst one was from mile like nine. You had to go all the way out and then you had to come back. So like, as you're going out at mile nine, you see mile 11 and 12. And like, oh, I no. guys run where I have to run. And then you're just running out. And I was like, where the F is this turnaround? Like, are you shitting me? Like, why are you turning around? And they're like, it's just, it's just a measurement wheel. Like it's not our interpretation. It's just distance. And you're like, you might've messed this up. <laughs> I was convinced that it was long. Um, yeah. So anyway, I snapped out of my pity party at like mile nine because I was just like, listen, like you feel good. Like you're in a half marathon, like half suck, halves are hard. Like you're nine miles in, like this is what you're supposed to feel like. It doesn't mean you're having a bad day. It doesn't mean you don't have it. It just means that you have to reset yourself and just run the mile you're in. You're good at grinding. This is why you're racing. You've been out of the game for five months. Like you got, you like have to just like, like this is what it's supposed to feel like. And it doesn't mean that you're having a bad day. It just running is hard yeah. and it's hard. So I got myself back engaged and then like, I'm just staring at the person ahead of me and you're just every step, you're just trying to see if you can get a little bit closer, a little bit closer. So I just had to re-engage in the race that I was now in versus like throwing in the towel because I wasn't having the race that I thought I was going to have. So it's gotcha. just about resetting. Um, and so ex- that's exactly why I went to Boston. I was like, I need a rust buster. It was an aggressive rust buster. <laughs> yes. Tell you guys, that was a cool. lot. That was, it was a hard 71.50. I'm not going to lie. I really dug, oh. really dug deep for that one. Um, but that's exactly why I went there because it was a deep field, uh, not only internationally, but like American wise. Those are the mm-hmm. same women I'm going to be lining up against in Orlando. And I was just like, I need to throw myself back in the deep end. Remember how to grind. Remember how to battle some of those demons that I knew I was probably going to have to battle in this race. Um, And so I got everything I needed from it. But at first I finished and I was like, man, (laughs) that was a good ass kicking. (laughs) (laughs) So Laura, Laura, what gets rid of more rust? Doing a race like this after that kind of layoff? One of those like two o'clock in the morning infomercials, you know, where they dip like like the really old China. Like into the into like the the bucket and like all of a sudden all the Wait, rust comes off. Like which which one is guys, a better way of getting rid of rust? 
<laughs> I mean, I, I would say the latter. <laughs> That's not how I like to roll. <laughs> I may, I'm realizing from a metaphor standpoint, I don't even know what we're busting rust off. Like an engine exactly? Like, well, is that I how it works? Is rusty. I think, I think. Is it a sword? <laughs> like a chisel? I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't think of people, like if, if your engine's rusted over, you're not like, we'll just start it up. That'll work. Like. Well, that's Anyways. exactly how I thought it was going to happen. Yeah, that's how it felt. Yeah, that's I'm how it felt. myself in this, and we'll see what happens. We'll see where we're at. Um, but it was, no, it was more of, like, a mental rust buster. Like, again, I just feel like racing takes you to a different place, and you can't replicate that in training. Um, and I just needed that check-in, um, and now I have it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I know what I need to, like, really focus on, like, now that I'm pivoting into my marathon build. So what's so, that? What do you have to really focus on now? Like, what were the obvious takeaways from it? Um, I think I'm still lacking a little bit of trust in myself. Um, I'm still a little afraid of how aggressive I can be. Um, Putting the screws to Brian Troy isn't enough. <laughs> Brian, shout out, best relay listener. Um, yeah, no, I like I'm doing things in training that I haven't done in a really long time. And so I'm seeing the pieces come together. Um, and a lot of those pieces came together this weekend, but uh I definitely need to, they're not all there yet. Um, and so that was good for me to know. Um, so I think for me, it's just trusting myself and I'm starting to do that with my training. Um, and now I just need to carry that over into racing. And I did for like seven and a half miles, I raced in a way that I feel like I haven't raced in a long time. Um, and so that was really fun to feel that again and know that that's still there. Um, I just, wish it was a 10 mile race. <laughs> so. Yeah. So do you, do you have to, well, that's interesting. You Hold on, Peter, Peter one second, one second. Yeah. Um, so do you then catapult off of that into like, all right, I want to make sure that I have other race experiences before Orlando, or is this enough? Um, well, I'm going to do a Turkey trot next weekend, you guys. So, um, yeah. what's, what's more competitive, the U S marathon trials or the Boulder Turkey trot series? No, oh God. It's, like, so I go to Fort Collins and race, but there's prize money. And so everyone goes to Fort Collins and races. Sometimes that's like the hardest race on my schedule is like this turkey trot because you show up and there's like Olympians, there's like international yeah. athletes. Like, you're just like, what is happening? Like, why is everyone here? So that will be a nice competitive race for me next week. <laughs> and wow. Then All right. We got to hear about this. I'm kicking around doing Houston half now. Um, so we'll see. I haven't decided yet, but I think I want one more, uh, like kind of test for myself. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I think I can replicate a lot of things in training, but, uh, yeah, to be decided, but definitely the Fort Collins Turkey trot. I have that on my schedule. So. If you're looking for more local races in Rhode Island, we got the noose neck 18 K the day after Christmas, just in case you're, if you're back in new England, <laughs> noose neck, wait, what? The noose neck 18 K. <laughs> It's, it's the day after Christmas at 10 a.m. Hardcore only. You know it's hardcore. Yeah, no. All you have to, it's one of those classic races. Like you put your name on a clipboard. You bring like a can, yeah. like a canned soup yeah. as is the entry mm -hmm. fee that they donate, and then you yeah. just go. That's oh, awesome. Right. So are you going to do that, Matt? Is that no. on your schedule? No. Okay. <laughs> Come on. It's like a missed opportunity, but okay. <laughs> um, Let me introduce. Matt knows I'll, I'll send you the link to my Strava profile after this and then we can we can revisit that conversation all right peter i got into the deep what were you saying i was curious how do you think about it like i think that we can be friends because i associate with how 
how do I say this? I've always run better at marathons than half marathons. And I always kind of look sideways at the people who are like, well, let me see if I can string it together. I just ran 63 minutes for the half. And I'm like, man, if you can run 63, like these guys who can just crush a half. So my sense is that you have outperformed other distances at the marathon. Um, but then how do you, how do you not, how do you think about like that? You don't want to over rely on like, well, I'm a marathoner. These other distances don't matter. Even if it is like your strongest card to play. If we were playing a card game, like how do you, <laughs> how do you think about that as you head into a winter? It's also like a weird time. Like you guys have some really intense training, like, uh, right through the holidays into the new year. Yeah. Um, I'm not going anywhere for Thanksgiving or Christmas. <laughs> I'm hungering down. <laughs> um, nice. So how do you, yeah. I just like, where does that send you my mental space? You know, you're, you're going to get like, if you're more of a marathon, you're going to get pulled away from, you sort of can get caught up in maybe like expecting people who are 10 K specialists to pull away from you on shorter distances, but like, that's where you need to be engaged. Yeah. I don't look at it that way. I think you're selling yourself short. If you like limit yourself to like, well, I'm only good at this. Um, I have yet to figure out the half, so I wouldn't call myself like a half marathoner. Um, but when I go into like a race, whatever the distance is, like I'm there to race, like I'm not, yeah. you know, and I think that's what is cool about, especially on the roads is like, you get a chance to race all these people who have all these different skill sets and that like makes you better. So yeah, I would say the marathon is like probably my best event and like where I think my skill set like really shines at this point in my career. But I went into the BA half being like, yeah, I'm going to challenge for top American. I'm going to challenge mm -hmm. for like top three American. Like I'm going to race every woman that's here um, and not be like, oh, well, I, you know, it, it's fine that I was six American because like everyone that beat me minus like one is or two or like, you know, track runners, you know, it's like, no, it's like you're there to race a half. And, you know, I was there to, you know, see how fast I could go and like, um, I don't, I don't go in being like, ah, it's all right. You're, you're a marathoner. So, you know, you, you're expected to get beat by people. It's like, no. <laughs> like, well, you ran faster than Helen O'Beary did. Yeah, I did. I did, Matt. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, <laughs> I on. wish you could split this. Uh, Matt, I'm glad we included pro, uh, I'm glad pro athletes were included in relay. Cause I feel like Laura just was like, Peter, stop being a baby. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Come on, Peter, toughen up. Yeah, come on. Toughen Maybe up. if you were a little right, bit good, more good. like David Goggins, Peter, you would have found those three yeah. seconds at CIM. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Or maybe not. It's, maybe it's not. too, it, it cuts too close. Um, <laughs> This is fun. This is fun to discuss. Um, All right, so Houston, yeah, I mean, Houston is a, it's a burner as well. That's a, definitely worth considering how many weeks out is that that's like three four weeks out yeah so like normally yeah. that, i would say that's oh, yeah. close for me to do a half um but i think it's just kind of like how you like it's i mean at that point it's like we're three weeks out so it's like a lot a big bulk of the training is done right so oh, it's yeah. just about coming off houston recovering um and then just coming up for like the final little like preparations um so yeah, I'm kicking that around. Initially, I was like, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. But it's weird, too. There's, like, not a ton of races in December. For yeah. some reason, I thought there were, like, more options. I would prefer, like, a mid-December race, but there just, like, really isn't any. So, um, so yeah. And then we'll is, is Mesa the same weekend as Houston? I know it was in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I have some interesting, like, uh, relations with Mesa. I've never oh. done the half there, which I think is a little bit different. I've always done the 10K. Were you there uh, the year that they measured it short? 
what I've done it the last two years. It was so 2020. 2020. I think it was 2020 okay, I it because I was at Houston that weekend. And like they, I think it was like the times came yeah. through and I think it was like Steph Bruce and Kellen. Oh, yeah, ran I, I it. it was like, what time did they just run? Cause everyone was using it yeah. as like, like, like a measuring stick of like how ready they were for the trials. Cause it was like six, six weeks out. And I was like, wait, what time did they just run at Mesa? These people are about to like set the American record at the trials. I was like, Oh no, hold on. So we're a half mile short. We're so- sorry about that guys. JK. <laughs> oh, <bad. laughs> I do. That Cause I did Houston that year. Uh, and I remember Steph and some of them did that instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think, I think they got it sorted, uh, the last two years. Um, but I've only done the 10 K there. Uh, and yeah, it's like a whole thing. So I think I'll probably go to Houston instead. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I find, I feel like I want to get educated by m- multiple schools of thought around some of these downhill courses. People are like, oh, and then I ran, um, there's any number of them increasing. Like the Vegas uh, marathon was just announced and someone sent me the course and I'm like, oh, that's an it. I feel like I know nothing. It's like a foreign language to me. I'm like, you could run 26 miles downhill okay well when i did the vegas half i ran 14 miles uh, oh. was, <laughs> was, so. was, was that that was that the net downhill adjustment yeah like, well, it's like you know what it's gonna be a net downhill but we're gonna add mileage so it's gonna be it's gonna equal out for some reason is- like a mile and a half in the guys made like a right turn and i followed them because I was yeah, by okay. myself at that point. And it turned out that they didn't like close off that part of the course. And we were supposed to like keep going straight. And so I'm just running. I get like 800 meters down and a biker pulls up next to me. And he was like, um, I hate to tell you this, but like you made a way. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, you need to turn around and go oh. back. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, are you going to go tell the guys that like the entire like men's lead pack is like, you know, way ahead of me. And he's like, nah, we're going to let them go. Cause I don't think we can catch them, but you need to turn around. Cause you're the only woman that went this way. So I turn around and I run like oh. eight meters back and I'm in dead last at this point. So I spent, luckily it was net down because it took me like the remaining like 12 miles to get myself all the way back up into third. So I got third. I couldn't catch. I was like a, no. a slight correction. Laura Sweet was not in dead last. <laughs> Laura Sweet. Uh, <laughs> we, I was like. Shout out to those in actual dead last. Laura was in make believe dead last. But yeah, well, keep going. The women I was reading. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I understand. I understand. I wasn't dead last. Just didn't want to disrespect the true DFLers. But this is uh, like going to a therapist to figure out like why you actually hate the 180 degree turns. It's like we found the oh, root yeah. cause. This is the root so, cause yeah. that happened right Every here time. in Las Vegas. So that, it's really unfortunate. Oh. Um, but I set a new like 13.8 PR. So like, I don't know. <laughs> It's like the Mesa mat is like the men all ran like 12 point, like three miles or whatever, like just under 12 and a half. And uh, so everyone was freaking out. They're like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, Trevor just ran like 59 minutes for a half marathon. Like, Holy shit. And then everyone's like, no, no, like, no, no, no. no. The race organizers didn't even know that had happened. Like they had, I was explaining to some neighbors actually, because they knew I had just gone to New York and they had also heard how I had, I've been misdirected at the Portland Marathon two years in a row. Um, <laughs> and so it's a just whole a different prank thing. On you but, personally. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they had a special sign for me, go this way. But they were like, hey, do people ever get lost in New York? And I'm like, well, no, because humans can, as we as a 
organized society can make it very clear where to go. But a lot of road races, like they just are, it's like when you're setting up with not quite enough materials, you go like, we don't need to block off all the directions they go, right? Peter, like, that I mean, is literally the title out. of Home Alone 2. <laughs> Lost in New York. Lost in, Lost in New York. Yeah, that's great. Oh, man. Side, side caveat, my son's been watching all of the Home Alones and he's been Me too. That's how I have traps. that on the top of the brain. Yeah, My yeah. son watched it this uh, morning. I, as I walked into the my office to record this, there were uh, like little jacks on the floor. Like, imagine stepping on those. Oh my! I love that your son's like him. <laughs> yeah, he goes like you. It's it's only for the robbers, Dad. You won't trip on these. And I'm like, well, I might. I could be looking at my phone and just like paralyze myself. Laura, I think you should go to one. This is it's funny that Peter brought these downhill races out because this is exactly where mine was going. That you should do one of those races at the beginning of January and do like the half marathon, or whatever. But just to like mess with people's heads, be like, we don't know how to categorize this. Laura three just ran sixty one thirty. Like, what does that mean? Is she the new oh. favorite? Like, what is going on? Yeah, that's true, Matt. I actually I will that. So okay, it it is a little bit like the um being a fan of this sport when there's big half marathons. It's like a weird mind meld. Or no, that's the wrong. It's like being in. People will be like, okay, here's a half marathon, and it happens. And the moment they finish, they're like, that didn't mean anything. That meant nothing, like, by the way. And you're like, oh, no. And they're like, no, no that meant nothing. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, why am I paying attention again? They're like, I don't know. That's on you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, so it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm um, not sure what to make of this. <laughs> I'll just keep going. Um, but I get it. Like half marathon is not the same as a marathon and it's no. all part of the buildup. But um, yeah, I have, I'm helping a woman racing in Orlando put together her training schedule. And I put on like, uh, to your point about like practicing that grind, I put on like a 10 K time trial a few weeks right. out. And she's like, are you, are we going to discuss this? And I'm like, I mean, I, I think speaking, I'm happy to hear you talk about like that mindset because I was like, we could make this an, 9.2 kilometer time trial like it doesn't matter that yeah. i really want to step away from it being uh like a pr event i want it to more be like go give yourself that moment to go straight into the hurt locker and really yeah. remember what it's like i'm a huge so. fan of time trials and like i talked about that with evan like you know if we can't obviously we can't like jump into all these races now between now and the trials um but to kind of like keep working on that mindset and kind of battling through some of the things that i still kind of like that I think are still kind of like they're plaguing me time trials. They're perfect because mm, yeah. you kind of, I go through the same process as I would a race. Like I kind of treat it as the same thing. And then the whole point of it is to just throw yourself into that darkness and then stay there. And like, that's what you have to do in a race. And like, you can't be afraid to go there, especially in a marathon. Like, you know, it's coming for you. You just hope it's later in the race, but you know that you're going to have to spend some time there. And so that's what a time trial is for, is to remind you and to give you that confidence of like, oh, okay, I can hurt. Like I can go there and then I know I can stay there. So I think I'm going to do some time trials too. So you can tell her that. Um, but I'll get so nervous because that's why they're there. They're there to just like hurt you. See, I think we can thread the needle here because I think we can do time trial slash race and have it based on content. And that is everyone on relay just race each other. And it'll basically come down to you and Peter going mano a mano 
and it'll Peter, be kind of like a race and kind of like a time <laughs> trial. But we get some people to film it. Mike's a professional videographer. Now we can make this happen. We can I want, check all three boxes. I want to get Tommy. I wanted Tommy to make some merch. I'm picturing like Laura looking like the undertaker and it just says, welcome to the darkness. I like, we could sell the hell out of these t-shirts like because you have, you have basically sold the darkness as a, um, it's like almost compelling. Like maybe I want to go. Like what? Do I want to step into that? I think yeah, I, think yeah, I don't know. I maybe. hate myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been feeling too good about myself. Let's yeah, I grind just it down. Really grind it down. Um, yeah. it's funny. I met this guy the other day at the dog park. And so we were talking and he asked me what I did for a living, which is like always awkward. Cause I'm like, sometimes I feel like I should just say like, I'm an architect or something. Cause mm. that like has less questions and follow up. Um, but I was like, Oh, like I run professionally. And he's like, Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. And I'm like, yeah, it's like any other sport. And so mm. then he goes, well, what event do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm primarily a marathoner. And he was like, why do you hate yourself? <laughs> wow. Like actually, it was aggressive. Like, Spot on. Spot on. You. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I can have go. awkward, oh. only two I can have awkward conversations at dog parks. At the dog Mister. park. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's <laughs> best for awkward conversations with strangers. <laughs> You're like, I didn't ask you that question when you were wearing sweatpants outside, mister. <laughs> why Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> I do think there's like the overheard in New York. We need an overheard in Boulder. For sure. <laughs> I agree. Oh man. Well, it's going to be fun. I'm I'm excited that we have a new time. I don't know. Uh, not it's a something to talk about and I'm excited that we're approaching. I just want to hear about the, the robust options that are still on the table. <laughs> Love so ro- many these, options. These major robust. and robust options that we have. <laughs> yeah, only time will like, tell that. You have to be patient. I mean, that, that yeah. is some really strong language for a press release that was very minimal <laughs> in terms of action. Be like, you know, they went, chat, we have chat a lot GBT, of big changes. Like, make we can it make. more. Like, we can make huge changes, enormous changes. <laughs> Instead, we chose to we make moved up the most it. minimal change possible. But we could do a lot. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, just so you know. Just crazy people. Um, oh, man. Are we all, all right, so, in Orlando? Or are all you guys going? I'm going. Ah, uh, well, I, this is awkward because I texted Matt yesterday. What's your plan for Orlando? And he hasn't texted me back. So maybe we can t- we can talk about it offline, Matt. Well, last time Peter asked if I was going somewhere, I said yes, and then he's all of a sudden now he's staying with me the entire time. Yeah. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, I need to wade into this with some more forethought. <laughs> Rambling runner corporate is uh, <laughs> that's my sugar mama. Um, this is going to be great. No, yeah, I think almost everyone on the team is going to well, be there. Because one, we'll have to do like a recording there. Well, now that it's finalized, like I, I, I had basically booked. I, I had like had set up everything, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we never signed a contract." I was like, "Oh, well, I'm not going to press, you know, submit now on all of yeah, these tickets." Yeah, I was concerned about that. I was like, "What?" So, Feels. so now I'm ready for action. So, Peter, I am going. I'm going to be there for multiple days and I'm getting my Hawaiian t-shirt ready uh, yeah. for the finish line. Well, yeah. Answer the door when you hear knock, knock. <laughs> yeah. <It> arrived. <laughs> All right. Oh, this was a lot of fun. Laura, congratulations on your race. It's always awesome to put yourself you. into the hurt locker, into the darkness and come out the other side. So congratulations for doing it and coming all the way to Massachusetts. 
for that privilege. You know, I'm bummed you didn't, you decided not to come, Matt. I mean, that hurts me a little bit. You were only an hour <laughs> away. I really needed you out there. It's got a busy time. Last few miles. <laughs> <laughs> she was throwing a pity party and no, you didn't yeah, even no show. There. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work through that. I was throwing my own pity party as I was literally, I think I have 39 leaf bags in front of my house. That's oh, what I was doing. Yeah. I was like my own pity party in the backyard, putting, raking all of these leaves and putting them into paper bags. Oh, man. Fine, That's all a, right. Living all right. that life. Living that life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think next week, what we're going to do for all of our listeners who are still with us at minute 56 of this podcast are diehards. Um, next week, we're going to be putting an episode, hopefully doing a, hey, what have we learned from the fall marathon season? And what questions remain unanswered heading into the winter and heading into Orlando? And we're going to kind of do a little roundtable discussion on that. We'll probably each bring like one or two things to the table. And hopefully we'll get through half of them, which is usually our MO with our group chat episodes. All right, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Bye.